You're listening to the Townsville Chambercast. Essential information, ideas and news that matters to the business community of Townsville. We would like to thank our show partner, Adits, for making this podcast possible. Adits are a local IT provider with one purpose, to implement effective technology solutions which empower their customers to achieve their mission. You can find out more about how they can support you and your business over on their website, adits.com.au. A-D-I-T-S Thanks everyone for tuning in again. Today, we are joined in studio with Townsville Chamber of Commerce's CEO, Ross McLennan, and NEM Group Director, Diane Notchevin, and Business Development Manager, Wade Clark. NEM Group has been operating in Townsville for 24 years and offers a complete solution for your steel processing and fabrication projects. NEM Group also has a strong community focus and is committed to giving back to the Townsville community. But I'll let Di and Wade tell you all about that. Welcome, Ross, Di and Wade. Thanks, Claire, and thanks, Di and Wade, for uh, joining us here today. We came out, did a little site visit at your amazing facility a few weeks ago, and I just thought, well, we have to... uh record a little bit about this, talk a little bit about the amazing work you do out there. Tell us, I mean, it's a local manufacturing business, but tell us a little bit about NEM Group, how it started, what was the dream? Well, we first arrived in Australia in Caratha. Um, We'd come back from Scotland and there wasn't a lot of work around in New Zealand and we ended up in Caratha and um, out at the Burrup on the big gas project up there. And my husband and I followed project work around Australia. Uh, We had a caravan, we had two kids under five, and <laughs> a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, we ended up in Victoria and around the early um, 1990s when there was a recession there and a lot of work and we had a promise of work up in North Queensland. So we brought the van up with the kids on this promise of work and when we there was just um, so much work in North Queensland. It, you know, it was brilliant for us because we'd moved so much. I think we'd moved 10 times before the kids turned five. So once we got to Townsville, we went, right, this is where we're stopping. And Townsville's been really good to us as a family and as a business. And at that time, there was a lot of engineering work in North Queensland. And if you were prepared to have a go, you could do well. So that's where NEM started out. Very small, in a small shed down at Alligator Creek with about three or four people to start with until now we've got a big purpose-built facility out at Stewart that's on five acres, yeah, with all of our U-Butte advanced machinery, so that's... Yeah, so it's been a, been an amazing journey. I know at the Chamber recently we've been talking about Vespers or virus escapees seeking provincial Australia. You, you've, yeah. You're a trendsetter. You've, you've done this 25 <laughs> years ago. You've got out of Victoria yeah. and, uh, and those southern states. So yeah. you didn't need a pandemic to move no, up here, no, Di. No, that's right. Yeah, so I mean, it, it is an amazing growth story. And I mean, I know when we're walking around the facility, and we'll talk a little bit about that later in the podcast, but you know, it's it's not a game you can be in by yourself. There's only so much you can do. There's only so many things you can you can fabricate without staff. Yeah. And I know when we, we spoke there a couple of weeks ago, you're very, very passionate about the apprenticeships that you offer and, and bringing those young people through constantly. Tell, tell us a little bit about how that's formed a major part of your business. Yeah, yeah well... Um, for us and other engineering firms in, in the region, the skills shortage is um, plays a big part in our businesses. It's just so hard to get skilled tradespeople. 
So we decided as, as part of what we were going to do with this, we were going to make sure that we put at least two or three apprentices on a year and we've been very conscious of that hard times or good times we've always put those apprentices on so that's formed a large part of the company psyche really. Well so when things are good and bad you still have that commitment to put on two or three or four young towns villains coming through. Yeah that's right it's sort of to be um, proactive rather than reactive. Yeah. Uh, It's all good and well to sort of cry we've got no tradespeople when things are, are tight but you've got to think have the people in the trade been putting the apprentice on all through those years. Yeah. I, I sort of think around the GFC it was really hard and a lot of apprentices were let go. Yep. So. And, and I know you told a story when we were out there with, with COVID too, when COVID was hitting and, you know, that uncertainty that we, we just didn't know what was going to happen. I know a lot of boards across the country were saying, no, we won't build that this month, we'll wait and so on and so forth. And, and you were very, very passionate about making sure those apprentices weren't put off at that stage. Yeah, we tried with COVID and also with the GFC, we tried to keep everyone employed that we could. We put on, we sort of expanded in those times and those quiet times with projects just to keep those people employed. What do you mean projects? I, I, I mean, I know the answer to this. This is, a, this is a great little story, but it, tell us a little bit about that when you didn't have any work for your team. What did you decide to do out there at Stuart? <laughs> Which time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. The, the four times that you didn't have any work over the last 20 years. Yeah. yeah. Well, the first time we, um, from our old premises, we built a new, our new purpose-built premises. And then the next expansion that we had was to actually buy a, um, a paint shop. So it was, yeah, the bookkeeper was away. And then when she came back, it was like, oh, anything happened? It was like, oh, now that we've got a, a paint division as well. Paint division as well, yeah. <laughs> I remember when we were out there, there was this, um, you know, this massive shed and, and the guys, were, oh, yeah, when we had a little bit of a downturn, Diane husband, they decided to reinvest in the company. We did. And basically build Binger premises while you were, were quiet. And that, that really takes a lot of courage. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It, um I can remember having a an old bloke say to us, when times are quiet and, you know, if you've got the cash there, that's the time to, to invest it. Yeah. It, it, it is. It's scary, but um, you're ready when the good times roll back again. Yeah. And I know, like, just going back onto that apprenticeship basis, like you, you did, um, you, you have made that commitment and you are constantly making that commitment, but there is a little bit of frustration around that too, Di, that you, you sort of emphasized to me, particularly around that year, sort of three, four mark. We, we talked a lot about incentive, incentives for business to actually put apprenticeships on. And, and, you know, we, we see that a lot. We see, you know, lots of incentives rolling out to, for businesses to put that first apprentice on, but a business like yours, it's gone through that growth phase and you have the the capacity and the and the the will to put them on when you lose them at around that three year mark that is a frustrating time it is it's really hard because in the first year in the second year they're not really worth a, a you know a lot to you because they're they're learning and they're not putting the work out that it's actually making you money because of that training phase. Yep. And by about the third year and the fourth year, that's when they're actually making money for the company. And then if you to lose them at that stage, it's it's a big investment just going out, walking out the door. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you may have, you try with everything that you're doing to give them the right training, the right incentives, and then for them to sort of leave for a couple of dollars <laughs> and, and go down the road is really hard. Yeah. 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 
Um, but it, I mean, your passion hasn't waned for doing it, which is no. which is an amazing thing. And and you you also talked about uh, some of the other community programs. And I guess before their apprentices, they're still at school. Mm. And uh, t- tell us a little bit about what what you've sort of developed, I guess, in in the local school community out there. Yeah, this this I'm really proud of. Yeah. Um, with the we've got a um, relationship with the school where we our local school where we provide a scholarship each year to just just to one pupil and we started it because you know there were rumblings in the in the industry about how the new apprentice sort of you know they the attitudes and everything how they weren't right and we went well you know let's look at going to the schools and rewarding children that do have the right attitude that will follow through to trades so we we looked at um, attendance at the school we looked at how they well they completed their jobs you know at school how how successful they were mm-hmm. we looked at how they were um, viewed in the school like whether you know people trust them their te- integrity and values and the last thing that was really important to us was like their resilience you know because we'd we'd find apprentices would come along and you know they may get to work on time they they may be doing well where they were with their training they might be the sort of person that you go yeah I can trust you to sort of stay on that job with this person but if they couldn't you know if something went wrong and they couldn't pick themselves up when they were down it um you know their whole apprenticeship could sort of disappear so mm. we sort of thought that that fourth factor was really important so the scholarships for their for year 6 and it, the money goes to the school and goes might be for books, for school camp, whatever it is that individual child needs. And then it also goes into their first year at high school because we kind of felt that was somewhere where those kids could get lost. Yeah. Yeah, so we sort of think of it as, you know, not handing something out to them. We're just helping them up, really. Yeah, because yeah. I know you said, like, you know, sort of that, that kid that is attending school, that's showing the resilience, they're doing all these things, but, you know, mum and dad might have lost their job or something, couldn't afford exactly. to send him on the next school camp or something. That's yeah. where your program sort of just picked them up at that yeah. that critical time through that through that phase. Exactly yep. right, yeah. And yep. it, it sort of gets back to that. It takes a community to raise a child, doesn't it? And and I don't think, personally, I don't think business gets enough credit for this and, and probably not enough businesses put their hands up and say they do this but you yeah. you do see this a lot in the community these kids might never work in manufacturing they might never no. do that but they're but they're getting that little leg up at that that critical time in their development so exactly and I would love to see it spread further you know more companies doing it so it's spread out through Townsville or even like have you read the book the resilience project no yeah, no yeah it's a good read yeah and yeah I'd love it if Hugh was listening <laughs> okay <laughs> and Give he was re- interested in picking up on it because yeah I think that's um something that would fit in with what he's doing really well. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, I, I remember when you, you, you told me about it, it was sort of, um, it, it was a real, I didn't expect to hear that story today. And it's like a, a number of things. I must admit when I, I went out there, um, when Claire and I went out, we, there was a, we drove away with a whole different mindset of actually what we thought we were going out to, to see. Yeah. I know, um, like all businesses, but there are issues and, and, you know, you're always trying to find new ways and some are successful and some aren't, but yeah. I know one of the, the big things we did talk about out there also was, was your supply chains, uh, mm. at the moment and how yeah. that's sort of affecting the decision-making in for not only your clients, but, but how you can get supplies and, and that here as well. And we thought we'd touch on that a little bit just because of this, this manufacturing angle, I guess. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, with the supply chains at the moment, it is the lead times are getting longer. Yep. Um, the prices <laughs> are, go- are going up and, it's not something that I see easing anytime soon. And 
it's not something that we have a lot of control over. It's almost like the you know the people that have that are have control of the supply chain are the people that rule the world basically because they choose how soon you get your products and what price they're going to be. So we're a little bit at their their mercy, especially with COVID. Yeah, 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 and I mean it's sort of it's echoing through a lot of this industry. I know we we did a podcast with the uh, the HIA uh, head economist there a few months ago. You know, he he described the construction industry as the the snake that swallowed the wombat. You know, it was uh, it was very painful. It was going yep. to part, but you know that was that was sort of that and that supply chain that that bottleneck was definitely creating issues there. But you did move up here from Victoria and and got out of the cold and all of those other things that we yeah. uh, that we constantly talk about on here because we do have a lot of listeners down in the southern parts of Australia actually. And you moved up here and it, and it does give you a competitive advantage in your industry being here, doesn't it? For sure, for yep. sure, especially with the port, um, yes. Townsville Port and, the, you know, the expansion there and it's just, it's buzzing, it's so busy and there's so much potential there. We're just in a, an area where, you know, the supply chains, we can go north, we can go south, we've got the western corridor, so Townsville is in a really prime position. Yeah, and a lot of people don't realise we're, we're, we're literally halfway between Brisbane and Cape York because people think, you know, you leave Brisbane and you go up the road a little bit and then you'll bump into Cairns and Townsville, yeah, but, yeah. but, you know, it is 1600 kilometers yeah. to here and it's another 1600 kilometers almost to Cape York. So when you say we're, we're in the middle of the supply chain module, I guess yeah. you're, you're exactly right. We're, we're halfway. Yeah, so. that's it. And I'd, you know, I'd love to see more, more boats, uh, materials and everything coming direct to Townsville rather than it'd be great if we didn't have to truck them up from Brisbane. Yeah. And, and the fact that the, the machinery you've got up here too, does play a critical role in that competitive advantage because you, mm. you do have a, a number of pieces that aren't north of Brisbane. Yes. Um, you, you've made huge investment and concentrated on that as well. Yeah. 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 We brought the first um, industrial laser machine to North Queensland, first laser north of Brisbane. So we've always prided ourselves on our advanced technology and, you know, always try to update and keep that edge. And, yeah. and also with the skill supplies, sorry, the skill shortage, these machines help in that area too. Yeah. 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 And Do you want to add to that at all, Wade, on the machines that we've got there? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, sorry, Way. We've sort of haven't haven't got <laughs> to you, you yet. Out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dye sto story is a little yeah. bit too interesting to uh, to move over, but but yeah, Wade, you've been sort of sitting sitting patiently there, and yeah, tell us a little bit about what we saw when we were out there, yeah, and, and some of those things you've got. Yeah, okay. So um, I guess NEM Group essentially is made up of three entities. So uh, the original entity was Townsville Laser, and then we had NEM Group uh, NEM Welding, and then Townsville Industrial Blast and Paint. Um, but that's all now under the NEM group. Yep. Uh, so on the uh, equipment side of things, we've got a, uh, a laser, a four kilowatt laser, industrial laser, a, an eight kilowatt industrial laser. We've got uh, a big roller. We've got 350 ton press and we've got uh, water jet cutting and plasma cutting as well. Yeah. So once you cut it up, you put it back together again and then someone will paint it for you and it goes yep. out the door. Look, ultimately at the end of the day, uh, I guess we see ourselves as a one-stop fabrication shop for almost any fabrication project. Definitely a big part of our business is the metal processing side, which certainly a lot of clients send us stuff just to be processed to ultimately make their fabrication jobs cheaper. But uh, we see ourselves as, as a one-stop shop ultimately for all fabrication projects. And, and one thing that was of interest too is before you 
before you go in and see all of that equipment and everything, you've got a whole room there full of people literally on the computers designing it. So you offer that service as well, that, that design phase to, to, to start the process off. Yeah. Absolutely. We've currently got seven uh, estimators uh, in our estimation team. Yep. Uh, and all those guys are doing drawing and, uh, I guess, design work every day for our clients. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, I mean... Look, and I mean, I remember walking through and, and you know, there was all the, the renewable energy investment that, that went in as, as well and all those inverters all lined up along the wall because because it is big load profiles up here. So yeah. the, the, the the cost of energy, we talk about a lot at Chamber, almost as much as insurance and, and skill shortages, but yeah. um, you, you've also counteracting that by, by investing, reinvesting in yourselves all the time. Yeah, that's right. Our power bills are huge, so... Uh, we've got now 250 kilowatts of solar panels on the the roof, which makes a huge difference. And it and it feels really good too that it's renewable energy that we're using, and you know we're we're heading in that direction. Yeah, so you know we've invested heavily in that. We've in, invested in the new premises and new machines. Mm. And I think like as small business, you've just got to keep on expanding or you just stagnate, don't you? Yeah, that's right. And I, 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 I'm, I'm pretty sure you're a medium business now. <laughs> I think you can definitely, uh, you, you can take, you can take that, that mantle, but you know, 24 years in, and I mean, we've, we have a lot of business owners and a lot of people listen to the, to the podcast about that. Like, and always, um, it's always good talking to business owners because, you know, it doesn't really matter what industry you're in. There's, there's highs and of course there's lows. And, um, yeah. you know, we were talking like, what's been the lowest point out there? Because I mean, this is the, it's really important for business owners to realize that everyone goes through this in their business cycle. And it's, it's a case of that resilience that, that you were so passionate about earlier on. So. Yeah. For us, it was definitely the GFC. Right. Just, it, that was a really hard time for us. We lost half of our business in that time and we were tr like, we were trying to keep people employed in that time, so that was definitely um, a, a low time for us. Yeah. Um, but you you just scramble, you know. You just do all of the things. You cut down on your projects. You you know you look at all of your costs and you just get get out there and try and get as much work that you can get. Um, and probably at the same time that was our low, but it was also a high because we did manage to keep people employed during that time. So that you know that was a good thing. Um, also highs for us is are when we get apprentice coming back and saying thank you for our apprenticeship yep. or we hear um, they come back and they say oh my boss asked me where I did my apprenticeship that's um, you know that's a buzz for us as well we're going oh we must be doing something right yeah yeah, yeah. And, and when you know when we try you know put everything together and try to win a big project and you get it that's an awesome awesome feeling yeah you know, the opposite when you don't <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the the cup in the wall when you don't but but i mean the yeah the exhilaration of winning one and then yeah. then having to deliver and that's yeah. that's all part yeah. of the the teamwork that's so. it and be able to tick it off at the end go yep done that happy with that yeah yeah, yeah. and i think as a team we all invest very heavily in those big projects you know yep. we all we all do work as a team to, to to try and win them and ultimately if we don't or we do it's either uh you know go team or it's like, oh, what do we Back do? How, how do we, how do we get this next time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do we, yeah. how do we, how do we, um, how do, how do we, yeah, how do we get it next time is probably with a couple of other words and uh, a couple of weekends to, to get over. But I, I mean, we did just touch on it briefly earlier on in the, the podcast and I thought this was just an amazing little story that you told when we were out there. You had your uh, painter or your, you used to outsource 
all yeah. of that work. Yeah. Um, he walked in uh, early one week on a Monday or a Tuesday or something like that. But what did, what did he say? What did he say to you when he walked in? He just basically said that he was closing down and, and that was it. <laughs> and we went, oh, where do we go? You know, where do we go now? And that was when we sort of went, well, you know, let's bite the bullet and see if he wants to sell to us and we'll... <laughs> We'll give that a go as well. So you had a you had a really good uh, supplier, I guess. Mm, he and was. We'd used him for years. Yeah, great, great. Rela- and he'd, he'd decided on the weekend yeah, that he didn't want to. That was it. That was it. I don't yeah, want to do it no anymore. More. And you had this big, big line or big, big book of, of work. That's and it. You were feeding yeah. to him and, and yep. you, you had deadlines to meet. And on Tuesday, he said, sorry, I'm not doing any more of your work. Yep. So So what happened by Friday? And we bought the business. You bought the business. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I mean, I love it because it says, you know, like sometimes people get really upset at that and go, oh, you know, chuck the cup at the wall and do all those things. But but you saw an opportunity to take advantage of, of that yeah. situation. Yeah. You bought the business on Friday, but what was, what was so fantastic about it is your bookkeeper wasn't there that week? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, so the bookkeeper was away and the, uh, the owners will play. Is that, that's is that it. what happened? That's yeah. 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 I think she's scared to go away again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do not, do not take a break or do not take holidays, but that, you know, I, um, I think, you know, a lot of small businesses can emphasize with that. They sort of go, oh, well, you know, the mum or dad's away, I'll, I'll go and do something. But it, yeah. it, but it has turned out to be a, um, brilliant. a brilliant, brilliant, yeah. I guess, opportunity for your business. Exactly. It yeah. has been, yeah. And I think it's just the fact of not looking for problems, but looking for solutions. Yeah. You know, if it's a problem, well, what can we do with this to, to make it our solution? So, yeah, yeah, that's what we've, we've always been really keen on, not seeing things as problems, but what's the solution? For Find, yeah, finding an, oppo- solu- yeah, finding an opportunity. opportunity. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep, yeah, yep. Although it, you know, it could have been the, the biggest low of the week. You turned it into a, a fantastic opportunity yeah. and, and a high, like you were saying yeah. before. So, yeah, that's right. And they come and they can come close together. Yeah. And I think that's the, the beauty of having a smaller business that you can do that. You know, once it's a bigger business, there's a lot of um, red tape and people that you have to go through. But if it's a smaller business, the, the director can go, yep, we're going to do that. Yeah. So that is one of the joys of a small business too. Yeah. No, yeah. fantastic. And and obviously with Wade, we, we've we've um, had a good relationship with Wade's coming down to our coffees and, and all of that sort of stuff. You, you're you more the, the business to business face of NEM group now, Wade. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. And, and just to comment on what Diane just said there as well, um, I guess one of the things that attracted me to NEM Group when I was, you know, on the market looking for a job yep. um, was absolutely the fact that, uh, you know, that there's director in place, you know, small, medium business, but they can make decisions. They cut all the red tape. There's, you don't have to fill in 200 papers. You, you can go to somebody and get a decision very quickly um, on, on what needs to happen or how to move forward with a client. Um, and that's really a huge benefit, I think, for our business is that we're, we're, we're quite nimble and we're able to work with clients, you know, on a daily basis and, and make decisions quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I often say like someone says no to you, it, it's, it's almost as good as a yes in some circumstances because yeah. not, not getting a no for three months is even worse than a, than a no straight up. Yeah. 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 That's and, right. and you, and you bounce back from it. So, um, but there was, there was one other thing, Di, and, and, uh, I, I've got to mention it because we, um, you know, when we were out there at the visit, you, you are building a little boat out the, out the back as well. Um, and, uh, this was a, this is another, just an amazing sort of uh, surprise, if you like, when you, when you meeting you guys for the first time and tell us a little bit about Bill's dream out there and, and, and what you guys are doing. Yeah. Well, 
it um, on paper it looked very small, <laughs> but then when you're out there, it's a lot larger. Normally, yeah. people with a project like that, they'd start off maybe with a dinghy or, or a small boat. Yeah. But um, to Bill's credit, he's never been one to go small. He at the moment we've got a big catamaran out there that um, he's been building. It's been there for a while. The aim is to get it finished. We've we said to the CEO, when that boat's finished, that's it. We'll be out of your hair. You, you, you won't have to put it. But when you say when he's building a boat. Mm-hmm. Give it, give us the meterage of it. Oh my goodness, what is it? Oh, isn't that terrible? I don't even it's, know. It's it, it, t- it takes a good thirty seconds to walk past. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I um, I, I must admit it has its own shed. Uh, yeah. Let's just, uh, <laughs> let's just put it that way. And it's um, but it, I loved uh, what I gained out of it or the insight that I gained that if, you know, if, if you're going to ask to get permission about, you know, building something from your wife or your, your business yeah. partner, put it on a very small piece of paper. So that's it doesn't, it. doesn't, doesn't look as big as it really yeah. is. Yeah, so, that's it. yeah. <laughs> we actually, it was quite funny when we were at our old premises, we used to have a sign up that said, yes, it's a boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we actually moved it over to the new premises and I had people saying, oh, we see boat gone. Yeah. Is, it, is it finished? Not quite yet. Not quite yet. No, but it's just, a, I, I just thought it was a great sort of, um, it typifies what you're doing out there and it definitely says you, you're you not scared to take on a big project yeah. and yeah. and we need more um, businesses in Townsville that, that have got that outlook and yeah. that, that attitude yeah. and, and that can do sort of attitude. And, um, you know, when we, we do shut down the port access road for, for four months to get it to water, then, that's um, it. then, then we'll all know who shut you, down the you power got, to you guys are off. Yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, but I've got to say from a, uh, a business development perspective, I don't think I've met a single client that didn't ask me how the boat's going. Yeah, that's right. It's sort of like the, uh, the cattle dog out the front. Yeah. Someone will always ask. So yeah, what's he going to do after he's, uh, finished that project? So yeah. no, yeah. look, it, it, look guys, it's, it's, it's been absolutely fantastic to, um, to, to do this podcast with you. It was an absolute inspiration seeing your, your operation and your your business. It's sort of one of the joys of our job is to get out and meet people like yourselves, because there's so many of you in our community that are doing all these things with the schools and and with the apprentices and and the passion. So uh, congratulations, keep it up. And Wade, you got a big, uh, you know, big job moving forward now when the guys sail off into the, into the sunset. Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to the day that boat, you know, makes it to the water. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's definitely an exciting, uh, be an exciting launch. So congratulations, Di, and, and, yeah. and to all your team out there. And, um, and yeah, keep up the manufacturing hat in, in North Queensland. So Awesome. Thanks very much. No worries. Thanks, Ross. Cheers, mate. We appreciate you tuning in to the Townsville Chambercast. Subscribe and follow to receive Chambercast updates for your morning commute every second Friday. Thanks for listening and remember to think, support, celebrate and go local. This podcast is proudly funded by the Australian and Queensland governments through the Disaster Recovery Funding Arrangements. We would also like to thank our show partner, Adits, for making this podcast possible. Adits are your local IT provider with one purpose to implement effective technology solutions which empower their customers to achieve their mission. You can find out more about how they can support you and your business over on their website, adits.com.au. A-D-I-T-S dot com dot A-U.